What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Stallion, today's topic is called the 10-year accelerator question, and it's intended to help us apply if I was making a decision 10 years in the future, would it help me decide more clearly? It's like a framework question, okay? Right. I get it. Before we get into this, I, I'm going to take you to a scenario. I think a lot of times, sometimes timing and seeing other things puts things in perspective. And there's, sure. there's one example that sticks out to me in all of the years that we've been doing this, all the years that we've been helping people become financially free and setting up their infinite banking system and just participating in some small way in them getting the things that they want. Maybe my greatest accomplishment that I have is in a very tragic situation, a really sad situation. It's probably been 10 years ago at least 10 years ago, I, I used to go down to the medical schools, the dental schools, and I would teach on, you know, practice management, how to manage money better and how to get your cash in places you can use it and making sure at that time I was even helping people who needed disability insurance and other things, right? Just all the little things because I didn't have the knowledge I have today on all the passive income stuff. I remember one young guy, he was amazingly bright and had no business talking to me because I was not amazingly bright. <laughs> and we were at a restaurant because I had held an event for them after, after school let out. And what I know about, you know, young um, medical residents and, and dental residents is that they don't have a lot of money and they work long hours and they're hungry. So I, I, I held this little like after hours cocktail and appetizers event. And this guy's sitting there and everybody else is having a good time drinking and doing all this stuff. He, he could care less about that. Like he's over there like eating chicken fingers <laughs> and, you know, drinking water. And he came over to bend my ear and he just was like, look, I, I know that my, my colleagues over here, they're, they're only living for the day, but I want to live like 10, 20 years in the future. Cause I know what's going to happen in the future is going to be different. And I want to prepare for it. And I, I was like, man, that's, that's, pretty awesome. And by the way, you know, being in the world I was in, it was like, yeah, you're speaking my language. Let's do this thing. <laughs> and so I met with him and I actually met with he and his wife and we talked through different things. And one of the things he, he said is, look, I, I've got a little bit of money saved and I've heard you talk about this infinite banking thing. And I want to apply and I want to set it up on myself. I want to set it up on my wife. And he went in and, and literally set up some plans that at the time I was like, are you, are, are you sure? Cause like, he was like putting like 20 grand away a year. Now that's peanuts to what most people are doing, but for someone who didn't make any money and he was going into a residency program where he was going to make like 17 grand, you know, it's like, it seems like a lot, but he was like, no, I know that setting myself up for the future is going to make sense. And yes, my job that I'm going into, I'm going to get paid a lot of money and it, it'll be a not, not issue. I thought, okay. So we, we organized all of these insurance policies and, and Joey, 
about 18 months goes by and I get a call from this guy. He says, Hey, I got, I got some news that it's just news. It's not great news, but I just wanted to, to bring you in the loop because you're somebody that I, I think a lot of, and, and, I, and I, I want my wife to be able to reach out to you if it ever needed. I, I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer and, you know, I think I'm going to beat it. And we're going to, we're going to do some, some treatment. We're going to like do everything we can. We're not going to sit back. We're going to be proactive and, it was very upbeat, Joey, and um, I'm trying not to get emotional because it's, it's not not fun to talk about, but I think it's pertinent to our, our conversation today. And he, he said, you know, I just I just want to know that, you know, like if all the things we set up, it am I covered? Like, is my work life covered if, if I if I don't recover fully and can't do the job I want to do this disability policy? Yes. Answer is yes. If something goes tragic and I. I don't make it through this cancer. Um, as my wife covered, like, will she get some money? And answer is yes. So fast forward about eighteen months. Um, he passes away. Um, he he fought uh, an amazing battle. His spirit, his witness to the Lord, was really impressive given the circumstances that he went through. And I, I was faced to to meet with his wife. Um, <laughs> You know this mid twenties wife, by the way, and 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 the conversation was around not like how how ridiculous this was because it was ridiculous how or what she was going to do with this several million dollars because that was happening too with the the life insurance stuff, but our our conversation was more so around about like how amazingly he had thought into the future. And had he not pulled me off to the side that day and, and had that conversation, we were sitting there with chicken wings and Sprite while everybody else is partying and, and, and enjoying the evening. We wouldn't have been there having that conversation a little over three years later. And I, I just, I, I'm always impacted by thinking we, we think time is on our side, but it's so oftentimes revealed to us that it's not. And today's topic is not necessarily as, as deep and emotional as this one, as we're talking about right now is, but it also brings in perspective how we need to look at the future, how we need to make decisions and not just allow the urgency of the day to always be the thing that interrupts the important that we should be doing. Well, I think you're going to enjoy today's topic as it will challenge you to think potentially how to get off of go. Right. What is it today that I can take action on that 10 years from now I will look back and realize was the first domino potentially in getting me to financial freedom and or thinking about your relationships differently. So I don't want to take any more away from the episode. Um, thank you for sharing that story, Russ. I, I, I never knew those details surrounding that circumstance, but uh, I'm very grateful that that family has been blessed by this concept and, and what we're talking about today. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, get up to the table here, Russ and belly up. Belly up. Welcome to the wealth without wall street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the wall street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. 
Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time in the room, welcome. Grateful to have you. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, mostly because lack of follow through guy just didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a second. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner, the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it, Mr. Joy Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Russ. Uh, always good to be here and uh, have our, our inner circle members live listening to our podcast. Don't you love that? It, it's it's my, my favorite, man. If I was sitting here 10 years from now experiencing this, I would still have a smile on my face. All right. So what 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 do you what are you getting at? You gotta you gotta give us some background on this whole 10-year accelerator question. Here's the point, right? I mean, there's so many ways to look at this, but I think oftentimes we get stuck making decisions and we have to have context to make it simpler, right? Sometimes it's a neighbor. Sometimes it's a mentor. Sometimes it's a mastermind group that we can bounce the idea off of. But every once in a while, we don't have that. And we need some other framework. So I'm going to say this is not perfect, but here's a framework that you can apply to decision making. And you can see if it helps get you off G to O. Okay. So here's what it is, Joey. It's called the 10 year accelerator question, right? Okay. If when you're sitting in a situation, and you're like trying to stuck between option A or option B, what do I do? You ask yourself, if I was 10 years into the future, having to make this decision, would it make it clear as to what I should do, right? Because sometimes we're so close to it. We're so present day. We've got all of these burdens and stresses that maybe cloud our vision. We end up like the lion. You guys know the lion story, right? You know why the lion tamer can tame a lion with something as simple as a four-legged stool and a whip looking like Indiana Jones. No, the idea actually, behind it is that, what would you say, JD? No, I was going to say, actually, I don't know it. So please tell us. Oh, sweet. Well, this is, this is what I've heard. I, I'm going to let Joey try it just to, you know, to test it out, right? Like I've, I've gone before him in so many areas. This is something at least he could do. And based upon if my brother-in-law ever gets married again, this is like the thing that he likes to do is have lions and tigers at his wedding. So I'll, I'll let you jump in there with them, Joe. But they say that the lion sees the ends of that stool. They see the lion tamer and the whip all as individual threats. And because it cannot process which one to attack first, it freezes. Its mind is frozen. Well, I think that that's how we operate sometimes, right? Reason why we don't move fast, we we get stuck in our position of where we are, is because we are overcome with too many options, too many decisions. And today's framework may help you, may not, we'll see, may help you get over the mark. Joey? All right. So then, I, my, then my feedback on that, if that's what the question is, why this is important, why anybody should pay attention to this, is to get us off of analysis paralysis, right? How many, how many people you're listening to this right now and you've, you've been hearing our show and you've been thinking, I need to take action on something, but you just haven't done it. Maybe today's topic will help you say, I get it. Now I'm, I feel really confident to make that next move. Well, thankfully, Joey, you and I don't have to try to figure this all out by ourselves. We got the dream team of financial coaches with us, bro. That's Can right. we bring him into the room? Is that okay? Let's do it. 
Since you jumped in there first a second ago, Mr. Incredible sitting over here to my left, his superpower is speed to financial freedom. And the be real beauty of that speed is it's contagious. My man, J.D. Hill. Say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey, fans. Uh, Russell, you know, it's actually true. I am sitting to your left because I'm in Texas and you are in Alabama. Um, and so uh, I am to your left, depending on I, if you're I, looking at the map or not. I, I expand um, my roundtable far to the left just so that you can participate in it, bro. Well, I am grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think, I think this is, uh, uh, going to be a really fun, uh, question and topic to unpack, uh, fun for us, fun for listeners. Uh, but I'm excited kind of to, to, to get into it. <laughs> a little here, a little trepidation in that. Yeah. That's going to be fun, man. That's the beauty of this topic is that it, it creates us, to have a mindset of thinking yeah. and Joey, our, our, our mentor Nelson Nash just say all the time that 85% of the people think that don't, they think they don't think they don't think at all. Right. They don't think at all. 5% of the people actually think 10% people think they think and 85% of the people don't think at all. And I hopefully that you guys will be one of the nickelbackers with us today, as Joey likes to say, <laughs> since that's his favorite band, let's get over. And that should have been the, the uh, the walk up song today, Mark, should have been a nickelback just for our stallion. He loves them so much. Look but at this let's photograph. go. Let's go further to the left, a little little left and to the north on on the table. The retiree of our group, Mister Catch Me If You Can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna, he's right here dropping gold nuggets. The one and only Mister Mark Carguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon. You know it's a good day because. Um, there's more than one worker on my deck today. So really it, it, it can only get better because one is none and two is one. And if you've got three or four that are watching the one that's working, that's, that's better than none. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Man. With that. Hey, if, if we were sitting here 10 years today, would the deck be finished is the question probably to be asked. That's a great question. And I, I shudder to think that we might have to wait the full 10 to find out. Oh mm. my goodness. Let's hope it's, not. This is so good. Well, we're missing uh, our, our beloved Sherlock Holmes today, but I'm, he helped us give insight into today's topic. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start up the conversation here. Just this is a simple way. I'm, let's let's start the bar low and, and let's move it up. I'm doing a call a few minutes ago with a guy, and in the background, I can hear my 17 year old and 15 year old just cat fighting. I mean, it's like yeah. I mean, there's just like everything happening out there. And I'm thinking, what has transpired? So I, I get off the call. I go out there, you know, sit down with the oldest and we, we start talking. And, you know, I mean, crazy things like monumental things have happened in our house. Like you could not imagine worse things. Right. How how can my sister have wronged me any more than this by eating the last ice cream sandwich? Ooh. Clearly. Clearly, she knows that I've kept that ice cream sandwich in there just for me. There was four. She's already eaten three. And now she ate the fourth. That's not fair. You should not do that. Wow. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting there having the conversation and we're talking through things. And one of the things I brought up was if we were sitting here in 10 years, <laughs> would you react differently than you did today in relationship to this matter? And she was like, yeah, 
yeah, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to me. I would have let it go. It would have been silly. And I thought, the coaches are going to love this. This is a great way for us to look at decision-making, right? Applying things that sometimes can be overwhelming at first, maybe even highly emotional. But if we were to consider them into the future, maybe it would change our opinion. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punt the ball over here to you, Joey. I want to try to figure out a money question for you that if we were sitting here talking about this, how do you feel like this might help you? So first, why do you think it's important for us to tackle this meaty topic today? Well, like, I think I'm potentially answered that earlier and you weren't listening, but um, I wasn't. Thank you. That basically, if you are one that it's uh, you're stuck in analysis paralysis, this may be the question that helps you take action today, right? Because here's what I'm thinking when you ask this question. 10 years from today, if I'm in the same financial position that I was, that I am now, and looking back, what am I going to wish that would have happened? I'm going to wish that I had taken action today and taken action in a way that in 10 years, I have more freedom than I have today. If not full financial freedom, depending on your current situation, that I could see progress. And, and sometimes if we don't force ourselves to think in the future, then we really don't have any motivation to make changes today because it's hard, right? It is hard to get outside of like the ruts that we have in our lives. Think about it. I mean, if you, let's say that right now you are in that W2 job, you don't necessarily love it, but what do you do? You get in the car, you drive, you turn on the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, you listen, you hear cool stuff. And you go and you get stuck at work, you go home, you have all the things and the responsibilities of kids and keeping up the house and all the things that you have to do. You go to bed, you'd start over the next day. It's a record that you have to interrupt to say, I'm not going to continue to do that. I'm going to make a change and I'm going to make small incremental changes that will make the next 10 years different than the last 10 years. And that's why I think this is important. Mm. All right. So here, here's what I want to pose to you, JD. Mm. Let, let's give a very specific question that I know that you've been asked tens of times, if not hundreds of times, is should I consider exiting my IRA, right? Maybe it was a 401k that now has been rolled over to an IRA. Maybe it's been an IRA from the very beginning. I'm going down the road of becoming financially free. And I'm trying to decide, should I continue doing this in one hand? Because maybe all of the people around me are doing it. The advisor who talked to me about it from the beginning continues to encourage me to, to make the contribution. Maybe I even get the call at the end of the year from my accountant reminding me, hey, by the way, you can... Uh, defer another, you know, 50 grand into this SEP IRA or whatever it may be. How do you feel like using this framework could help give clarity to that? Um, you know, they say hindsight is 2020, right? It's a lot, it's, it's easier to see things after having gone through it. Um, and so I think there's, there's a lot of that in, in this question. And if, if I'm looking back, over the last 10 years of my life, I would have made a lot of decisions differently. 
right? Uh, particularly as it relates to creating financial freedom, uh, savings, you know, where I've put investments and those types of things. And I think, um, you know, as, 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 as you would approach this particular question, it's, it's the, the, the answer is, would this decision have actually gotten me closer to financial freedom? Right. So like, if, am I putting my money into this investment, this, this IRA, because it's actually getting me closer to financial freedom, or is it because I'm just checking the box to get a deduction? Right. And, and I think a lot of times it's more of a reactive type of a thing more than it is an actual thought through thing. And I can't tell you how many times I've sat with people that have money trapped. In fact, I was just talking to an individual yesterday. We were talking through his IBC system uh, that we've set up for him. And uh, he's like, I've got $300,000 in, in IRA. What should I do? And it, it's not uncommon, right? That we meet with people that have money that, that's, that's sitting somewhere that they can't do anything with. And I think armed with the knowledge that you have, it helps you on how you would then make obviously future decisions. So if he was sitting there 10 years from now, would it be that difficult decision to make based upon all the things he's going to learn over the next 10 years, given the experience that he is gaining right now? That's right. And so what, the, what, what ultimately comes out of that is, well, knowing what I know now and what I can do with this to create passive income, I would, it would make sense for me to um, cash it out pay the penalty, pay the tax, because I know I can more than make that up over the next 10 years. Right. So, so it helps to frame the decision in a more objective way, uh, instead mm -hmm. of approaching it subjectively and looking at all the things like you just, like you had mentioned earlier with the whole lion tamer thing, like it's easy to see the penalty. It's easy to see the taxes. It's easy to see all of these other distractions that prevent you from actually making the best decision for you financially. Can I jump in for a second? No. Okay. I'm going to do it anyway, but the, the, the issue with what you just said, though, I'm, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Someone's listening to you and saying, yeah, that makes sense if in 10 years, my education has grown. Mm -hmm. My knowledge and exposure of what options were available to me has deepened and I've gotten to become a better investor. Sure. But if not, then it doesn't make the, the decision easier to, to get out of that IRA, right? It, in fact, it may even solidify that I need to keep it because I don't know anything better to do with it. In fact, I almost feel paralyzed by the idea of if I had this money, what would I do with it? And I, I want to I call, call people to action on that because there are members in our communities, both the Inner Circle and the Passive Income Mastermind right now, that if you had asked them this question three to six months ago, they would have been terrified. And today they're like, where can I get more money? Like where, where else can I access cash? Cause I now am equipped to do something with it. And that, that to me is empowering. And I want to call people into that, not this like, Hey, this paralyzed. Mark, I'm going to jump in front of you real quick because I got to combat my partner here. Come on. Yeah. And here, here's what I would say to that, Joey. As I, I, I've gotten to the point of where I am because of the actions I have taken up to this point, right? And a lot of times the reason I'm listening to this show or I'm sitting here live is because what I have gotten in the past was not what I would want it to look like today. 
and I've already started envisioning my future being dramatically different than what it is today. So I'm already determining the decisions I'm going to make in the future based upon the fact that I have to change. I have to do differently, right? So if I'm sitting there 10 years from now, and I'm like, I've already figured it out, or if I have it, like I'm going to expedite the process that much quicker because now I'm 10 years older. I don't have time to waste. I think sometimes we we postpone the important for the urgent, right? There's always something urgent that is not necessarily super important, but sometimes can feel that way, right? And we avoid the things that we really want in life, and then we're frustrated, right? The, if I don't plan my schedule and I'm frustrated every single week at the end of the week that I didn't accomplish the 10 things I needed to get accomplished, that was really important so that the next week I would have more time and I keep chasing my tail, right? If I keep postponing it, if I keep going 10 years down the road, I've run out of time. I don't have time anymore to do it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to immediately take action. Even if I don't have the information, even if I haven't gained 10 years worth of information, what I know is that my urgency level has now become the important as well. Mark, add into this discussion, how does someone take a financial decision like that? Maybe, maybe it's that one, or it could be another one. Maybe it's like, should I start the infinite banking system now on myself? You know, like there's a lot of other ideas. I'm trying to create passive income. Is that not the most important thing for me? Should I not go ahead and try to keep create the cash flow that gets me out of the job that I hate? I I, I hear people talking about this you know, whole infinite banking thing, that makes sense. I don't know which one of those two decisions you want to jump on, but how would the 10-year accelerator question help someone that you're dealing with with one of those type of financial questions? Oof, that's heavy. Uh, metaphorically and uh, literally. I think either of those would, would, would be very good to talk about. Uh, one of the things that that I'm actually going to uh, ignore your question and talk about instead uh, because I, I find it so much more fun when I do that. Um, everyone likes to talk about what they care about. So, uh, me too. Uh, if, if I was sitting here today, but I was 10 years older and I'd gone through the next 10 years, I can tell you right now, just about every decision I make would be something geared more towards being more hands off. I don't want to spend the type of time that I do in deals today. If I'm 10 years older. Time is now slipping away. Life is like a roll of toilet paper. It's going to go faster the closer to the end that you get. And so the closer to the end that I get, I want to use as much of my time doing things that I care about, not filling out spreadsheets, not filling out my QuickBooks, not doing those things. Because I threw it in the chat. I said, hey, imagine buying a house with what you know today, or not even necessarily what you know, but how old you are today, and go back to 2012, go back 10 years ago. 2010, 2011, 2012, those were, by all accounts, the golden years to buy into real estate in many of our lifetimes because of how the market was reacting. But why did a lot of people not do it? I'll tell you why I didn't do it. Oh, I don't know, man. You know, we're, we're still teetering, you know, things are still scary, you know, this, that, or the other, there's fear here. There's fear there. There's a lot of concern. There's doubt. Well, how do you manage fear? How do you manage doubt? How do you manage risk? Well, I'll, I'll tell you how we do it in the aviation world. You mitigate risk with education. You mitigate risk with systems in place to protect yourself. If something were to break, let's face it, flying an airplane, you've got 
literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of parts inside of an aluminum tube going through at 80% the speed of the sound at 41,000 feet where it's not livable. But yet we do it every single day. How do we do it? We've mitigated the risk. We've put safety systems in place. And so the knowledge we have today, if you, you, know, you, you take that back 10 years ago, wow, imagine how things would have been different. So think about where you are today and understand that there's always going to be risk. There's always going to be something to cause you to, to have concern, but you've got to mitigate that. There's always a reason not to buy. And this was something from my dad when we talk about homes. There's always a reason not to buy a house. I'm afraid I might lose my job. Russia might set off a nuke. Um, there might be another Vietnam. I might be called up for you know military service, or I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. We got a kid on the way. We don't have the money. I don't know. There's always a reason not to do it. You just need to find enough reasons to do it because those, those negatives are always going to be there. You just got to stack up enough positives and let's go hit the accelerator. As, as, as my wife is fond of saying, I drive like a snail. She drives in what we call stricker mode. <laughs> That's her maiden name. And uh, we have to put her car into, so like she has a Subaru. So it has the I mode and the S mode. I is the intelligent. Uh, apparently that's the slow mark mode and the S mode is strict mode. Like, let's go. <laughs> that That is stricker, not stripper, Joey. That's thank you for clarifying, yeah. Russ. I appreciate that. Yeah, oh, just, wow. He, and then he, he tends to get those letters uh, mixed up. Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you gotta go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is, in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. Joey, the, the passive income operating system, how yes. do you believe that tool, which most people may not even be familiar with that tool that we use, how do you think that that's forced you and I to think through 10 years from now, as we start talking about what should we do with expanding our own systems to account for future windfalls. Yeah. By the way, so just in, in case we didn't lose anybody, the passive income operating system is essentially think about profit first, as we've covered on this podcast with Mike McCallowitz, that book, it's a, it's a system that helps you to flow your money every single month into certain buckets that helped you make sure that you cover all of your expenses, but you're always putting profit into your pocket as a business owner. Well, in this case, we, we talk about like having business funds and personal funds not being commingled, right? And that goes without saying, everybody knows that rule. But what they don't think about is that all of our money, when it goes into a personal account, it gets commingled. Our investment dollars, our savings dollars, our tax dollars, our paying down debt dollars, all those dollars flow into one account. Is it any surprise that we don't save as much as we should? We don't invest like we should. So we don't have the passive income that we should. Those are the, the symptoms 
of a bad system. And, and Russ and I have worked on this over the last 12 to 13 years. And we need to have a whole show just on this, maybe even a, a book at one point about this. But the point is this, when Russ and I were presenting this to our mastermind um, in, in uh, Scottsdale a couple of weeks ago, it became very clear as we were going through this process that I had to force myself to think about all the businesses that we've built, all the assets that we now own that are passive income assets. What if we had to sell those or chose to sell those in the next 10 years? What would happen? Like there's a windfall of money that would have to go somewhere. And you know what it told me? It immediately told me that my system is not big enough, right? Can, can I, I have to expand to make way for those windfalls that are going to become. Well, but, and that's the ultimate framework. Thank you for giving that framework. That's the ultimate framework we're trying to get our arms around. How do we take active income and turn it into passive income? But what generated the conversation was a little bit before that, which is, should we put another one, two, three, four in front of the, um, what we're already putting into our systems as far as dollars right now, right? right? If you if you say, hey, should I put another half a million dollars a year in premium into my life insurance policies? What, initially, what happens, right? You go, that's a big number. That's a lot of money. It, and it doesn't matter if your number is half a million or it's five million or it's $500 a month. It doesn't matter. When you start thinking about expanding your system, it immediately creates this tense feeling, right? You're like, uh, okay, I I know why that makes sense because I get access to the cash, I can use it for passive income. Like we've been doing this forever, but also what's the what's the scary part to that is can I make the premium? Right? Like, what happens if this recession is impacting all the passive income sources that we have? What if our active incomes reduce significantly? What, 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 all, all the questions. But when you start saying, well, if I was 10 years down the road, man, I got a 5 million, 10 million, $50 million business that's going to be getting sold. And I'm going to be looking at my system. And if I have changed nothing, I'm not going to have a place to store this cash. And you and I know the implications of that. We know what the cost of having to restart a system and having lost 10 years, how it impacts us, how it impacts the growth, what we can do with it. So that's what generated that question, right, Joey? Is that right. we, we have to think 10 years in the future and it was like, oh, it's a no brainer. And now it's like, well, should we should we be expanding our system by, by putting a, a larger zero, another zero at the bottom? back of that number. Are we, are we thinking too small? Right. Well, then what, what questions does that create? Well, what if I don't have access to the cash right now? Do, can I go borrow it? <laughs> you know, can, can I, can I go get a line of credit to, to expand my system? Does that make sense? Right. It, it generates lots of questions when you can see in 10 years, right? Cause sometimes everything's so close to us. We're fearful of what that decision looks like. The good, the good news is, Russ, before you keep going, is I'm glad that we had those conversations because now as you're listening to this, you know we're going to share with you whatever we do because we, <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent, we're going to share it with you and it's going to be epic. So just just keep keep listening. Well, I, yeah, JD and I are right now building the plan out, right? <laughs> That's right. 
we're, we're building it out because we're gonna we're gonna share it with the mastermind in December. So it's coming. I mean, coming to a uh, a mastermind near you, and, and exactly how we're going to do it because I I'm excited. Like I it when we went through that process for us, it immediately like it was like a no brainer. Okay, I gotta go. I got yeah. I gotta make it happen. Now it's Mark, how, right? You know, like how how do I do it? It, Mark, we were in Scottsdale and the conversation was around passive income and all things, you know, financial, but we had a conversation on our members only day that was not about that. It revolved around health and the conversation made you like start to think about making changes from a health perspective. So how, how could you apply from a health perspective, this 10 year accelerator question? Man. If I knew in, in 10 years, the things that I should have done today to have made my life that much more enjoyable then, uh, yeah, I'm in, let's go. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm approaching the, the halfway mark, depending on how long uh, I get to stay on this planet and, uh, things are starting to fall apart. You know, like I, I never thought I would hurt myself putting on a t-shirt, but I've done it. Oh, and, yeah. uh, it is incredibly humbling. And uh, if I were to rewind the clock 10 years and tell myself 10 years ago, all right, dude, check this out. Uh, you're really going to need to start stretching more at the gym. Don't worry about the weight so much, but but stretch. I probably would have uh, laughed myself out of the room, been like stretching, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the majority of my day now because that's that, that that's that's things that are going to make that long-term maintenance. So taking a look into the future and realizing, you know, everything that I do today, uh, uh, Jonathan and Dave were having this, this conversation in the chat. Practice makes permanence. Practice makes permanent. What you are doing today is what's going to become reasonably permanent for you going forward, you know, or you are living what you've been practicing to become. And so the changes you can make today to put in place to make those small shifts, because if, if you think about an airplane taking off from Honolulu, Hawaii, heading towards Los Angeles, a small one degree shift in that flight plan early enough in the flight doesn't seem like a big shift, but you start stretching that out over one hour, two hours, three, four, five, and the divergence of that track gets pretty large. And you're probably landing in Portland as opposed to landing in LA, which if I'm on the airplane, awesome. We'd much rather divert to Portland so I could be home early. It's, it's good stuff. Well, I mean, obviously you were forced thinking through a health decision, right? Like, yeah. should I invest in my health? How does the 10-year accelerator question make that so much easier? Oh, it, it was a no-brainer. I, I, I barely hesitated at all pulling the trigger on this program. And if you were to ask me 10 years ago if I would ever conceive of spending this much money on a, quote, health coaching program, uh, yeah, no, it, it would not have made sense. But where I sit today, knowing where I'm going to go and how I want to get there, um, it's not how you drive, it's how you arrive. Right. I, I mean, based upon your own you know, calculations, and I'm not challenging your accuracy on there, you're over the halfway mark if you go 10 years from now, right? Like, So I, you got to consider that. So it's how do I accelerate and maybe extend my, my lifetime because of those health decisions. JD, you, you got a house full of beautiful young kids. And how does making decisions to do things with them, whether that be 
um, dressing up like Jimi Hendrix and going to 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 the Awana or or taking um, time to go to camps and to invest not only in them but also into other uh, other children. How how does that ten year accelerator question um, hit you? You know, it's it's interesting. My wife and I were talking about this yesterday uh, and today because uh, we made the decision uh, a year ago to to pull our kids out of of school and to start homeschooling not really having much of an idea of how that was actually going to work. We made the decision like two weeks before school started. Um, and we didn't, we, we didn't have our, our lesson plans. Like, like we had no idea how to do homeschool whatsoever, but it was something that we just felt so convicted by that we were missing so much time with our kids. Um, and when you consider like how much time, um, and again, this is, I want to preface this by saying this is our, conviction, right? And our convictions don't have to be your convictions, but, um, how much time a kid spent at school, like it's an, like an enormous amount of time. And what we didn't want to do was wake up five or 10 or 15 years down the road and felt like we just were flying through trying to get all the things done because that's, that's what we were doing. Uh, and when we went to that camp, uh, that church camp, um, that was the biggest thing that stood out to us from all the kids that we, we got to engage with and, and witness to and disciple. The number one thing that all of them said was that I want more time with my parents. Number one thing all of them said was I want to be able to spend more time with my parents. Didn't matter what they were doing. Like if you pressed on it, what would it be? A lot of them just, I want to play, right? I want to play with my mom. I want to play with my dad, but it was, I want more time. And that was so convicting to us because my wife stays at home. I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to work from home, but but we still felt like we were missing so much, right? Um, and so when we made that decision to pull them out of school and start homeschooling, we have been able to actually gain so much more time back with them and be able to engage in, in amazing memories that we wouldn't have been able to ordinarily have had before. Uh, and so I'm fortunate that I'm not looking back 10 years saying, man, I wish we would have done that because we didn't have all the answers. We just didn't know. We just said, you know what, we're going to do it. And, and so grateful that we did. Yeah. And if you would have been having this question, like, I know it's a difficult question, right? It was a difficult decision to make. And because there's lots of fear, right? All, all of the the reasons why we shouldn't do it, all the, 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 the mindsets of, man, I'm not, I'm not trained in this area. I'm not smart enough. I don't have a lesson plan. What if I fail teaching them how to do it? All those things happen, right? And I, clearly yeah. you overcame that. But if you made it into the, the light of this question, if if I was sitting here 10 years from now, would that make this decision any easier? Well, then you would be like, oh, well, Graham is now this old, right? Hey, Noah's this old. And all of those decisions, you're you're like, Oh, it'd be a no brainer, like done. Oh, absolutely. No, brainer. right. Like, yeah. so I, I think just thinking through this accelerator question in your life, I hope this gives you a framework. I hope the, um, as you, you go to make uh, tough decisions, you can apply this. And there'll be times where you're going to be like, man, in 10 years, that would not be as interesting to me. And it would not be that big of a deal. So I wouldn't even do it. Right. Like I wouldn't even do the thing it talks about. Go ahead. Just, just real quick, I just want to say something because this just occurred to me. How many times have you been faced with a difficult decision and then after having made the decision, realize, wow, that really wasn't that difficult at all? Right. Right? Like, because again, you have the perspective of, of hindsight to, to look back and say, you know what? That really wasn't that bad. But, but we talk ourselves into why it's hard. 
And yeah. instead of just, just making the decision and having faith that you're going to do what's necessary in order to make it work, you'll realize like, wow, you know what? That's really not that hard of a decision. Man, Joey, I, I remember I was 13 years old. It was um, Christmas season. I'm at the mall. I walk into, you know, this like urban R&B type store. And there's this black leather jacket that that has, you know, the the kind of it, it was sort of like the school letterman type jacket, but it had some patches on it, not school stuff, you know, just it was the brand that of the store I was in. And it was the most fantastic thing I'd ever seen in my life, Mark. And I I was like, I gotta have this thing, right? I went home. I told my mom, I know what I want for Christmas. She says, what? I tell her, she says, how much is it? I'm like, it's $200. She says, what? Right. And $200 for a woman who was a school teacher raising two kids was might as well been 20 grand. Right. It, it was an infallible amount of money. Right. I know now like $200 is $10 because of CPI and everything else, but it was, it was a lot of money. I wake up on Christmas Day, Joey, I opened the box to find this black leather jacket, my favorite brand at the time. I put it on, man. I am peacocking JD across the across the room. Like I'm not I am, shocked by that. I am not I am, shocked by that. I am like the bam, right? Less than 45 days later, that jacket is sitting in the closet not being worn, not because it's now warm in Alabama, which it probably was getting ready to be <laughs> because it was no longer the cool thing, right? It had, it had lost its luster. And I, I apply this 10 year question. Like if I was sitting there 10 years from now, would I've had to have it? Would I've wanted my mom to sacrifice what she sacrificed in order to buy a luxury item? And the answer would have been absolutely no. It was a waste. It was a it was a fleeting decision I was making, right? So a lot of decisions we're talking about, we're like, man, in 10 years, I'd totally do it. Be no problem. But there's also times I think if you apply this, you might also say, huh, no, it'd be, it'd be a nothing burger. Like I would just like I would not do it. It's just it would not be that big of a thing. And I hopefully that'll help you too. So Stallion, I know we got to wrap this up. Quick final thought of, of how you apply this in your life going forward. Uh well, my my final thought is is I hope that this is inspirational to take action. Um, and nobody wants to take action irresponsibly, right? That's not what this podcast is for. That's not what our coaches are standing by to talk to you about your next right thing. It, I want to encourage you to have a call with them, right? Go to wealthatwashington.com forward slash free call, and they will walk you through our framework of exactly what it is that you should be doing and what it is that you shouldn't be focused on. And if that means join us here in the inner circle or join us in the passive income mastermind so that you can look back and say, man, I am not going to allow the lack of education, the lack of exposure to deals, the lack of a network to keep me from taking this action, then so be it. I just, I just want to make sure that you know that we're not asking you to go and just leave your job tomorrow. There's tactical steps you can take and make sure that you get to financial freedom as fast as possible. Mark, final thoughts. You don't need to become 10 years older. You can surround yourself with people that are one, three, five, seven, and 10 years down the road in a lot of paths and maybe areas that you might want to explore. So why not use their 
time and experience to get the cliff notes so that you can make a 10 year older decision today. And all you had to do was just ask a few questions of some people around you. Love that. JD. I think what's great about this question is it helps to put time into perspective, right? And oftentimes we don't stop to, to consider uh, how we make those particular decisions. And so what I love about this question is it stops to put things into perspective. Once you can look back over the past 10 years and say, man, how did I handle these decisions? Right. So that then you can focus on how you can handle this decision. So it's so much more objective rather than subjective and emotional. Um, and so, um, I think, I think realizing one that, that time is finite, right? So the faster you take action on something, the better you're off you're going to be regardless of the outcome. It may not be, it may be 10% worse than what you thought, but it's still going to be better than doing nothing. Right. Um, and so, uh, those would be my final thoughts, uh, Man, I would challenge you at the very end of this to say, if 10 years ago, somebody would have introduced you to a podcast like this, how much further along would you have been? Mm. So right now, there's someone that in 10 years will be hearing this podcast. But had you gone on and liked, rated, and reviewed the show, maybe it would have showed up on their feed earlier. Or maybe if you would have just hit the share button and sent it to your top five friends, they would have been able to do it. That was a shameless plug, Joey, but I had to do it anyway. We appreciate, appreciate you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found amazing value. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.